Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Off track with Hinch and Ross. Or will he? No. It's never not funny. It's never not funny when Alex, who still has control of our little software program here, just kicks Tim. It's honestly Tim's fault. It's completely Tim's fault. Yeah. As most things are. I just like to remind him as often as I can (laughs) of how much he screwed up. Yeah, Uh, I I did. I did. Fair. Fair. Well, uh, guys, it's Tuesday. Welcome to the show. And... Somebody actually had a good name for this on Twitter for the t- Tuesday show, and I forget oh, it. Oh, waste of time. No, <laughs> paddock, paddock. Oh. Was that it? I think so. That's what I saw. Well, and also everybody paddock. keeps asking us online when we're going to have Robbie Wickens back on to do the the second and third and all those parts of it. So, so good news. Um, we got a different uh, Robert. Robert. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> were going through our phones to call Robert Wickens and. Got a little bit punchy and hit Robert too soon. And uh, long story short, uh, Robert Dalzell, also known as Bobby Dalzell, is is on the show with us. And today. also known as uh, Tim's former accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Not an accountant. Uh, and I'm really, yeah. really sorry all the good Roberts were taken, but I'm happy. To be here. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Bobby, um, we all know who you are, but the greater world of off track might not be as familiar with who you are. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of a background uh, into the wild and mythical world of Robert Dalzell. And uh, and we're going to talk about how your involvement in motorsports and, and how you got into it and what you do now and all the rest of it. But give everyone a bit of a background. Yeah. So uh, this was my 16th season doing something in IndyCar, which is mind blowing because uh, the first one doesn't seem that long ago. But I was actually a hockey player. I'm from Indianapolis and uh, a team I played for sponsored an Indy 500 car. And at that point I was in high school uh, and had been doing like supercharger installs for a guy for like money on the side, just to, like after school. And they were like, well, you know something about cars? Well, we're sponsoring this car. Come like work on the car. So it was just totally like a PR thing. I, uh, I want to like, just jump in and say how cool it is that there was a time when sponsors could just dictate mechanics on oh, race yeah. cars. <laughs> Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. Well, I think it's going to happen a little bit next year with a car we're all familiar with. It's not mine, but I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, fair. This this was a different budget then, Uh, but no. So so I showed up and uh, it it was like, hey, I'll work for free. I'd love to learn this stuff. And they were like, five. How does five hundred a week sound? I was like, dollars. Nobody (laughs) ever paid me to do anything. Yeah, it's great. So uh, the first year in racing, it was really just uh, 
mopping floors and making coffee and getting yelled at and not knowing what you're doing. And uh, it was a really, really good learning experience. So, so did you touch the car much then in between coffee runs? Uh, not really. You don't, you okay. don't really at first. And then inevitably, like you're the warm body that knows enough to like here, hold this. Right. And then, okay. you know, a little bit more and like, yes, you just, you know, you float your way, you float your way to some level of actual to, to still getting yelled at. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right. Just which, more is good, which is good for a 19 year old, like in, you know, now a professional sport. Right. So it was cool. It was neat. So then I was mechanic for a few years and uh, I got out of it. I was finishing college and a team called and said, Hey, we need somebody to come spot. And I go, I, I don't do that. I don't, that's not me. Like I'm the coffee guy that was sweeping floors and now can build wings and like clean some helmets and that kind of stuff. Right. So then uh, they're like, no, we'll just, we'll teach you how to do it. And it was, uh, it was good. It was an indie Lights team actually. So that's what started. That was what got me in the system. And then once you're in, there's like, there's, there's just not that many people that do it. So once somebody finds out that you're a spotter, you have a little bit of experience, then, you know, there's more opportunities to, to get involved with, with bigger teams and, and better drivers and more, you know, just more races. So who, who was your first driver back at lights? Peter Dempsey. No way. We lasted four laps in the first year. And then the, my in very the first second year time ever spotting uh, was the four wide finish that won by like, he, he led like seven inches of the race. So I was going to say, this seems like something you don't really want to have somebody with that experience there, but like, you have to get experience somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind I of that classic like, chicken and egg thing, right? Yeah, right. I wonder if people like come up through iRacing now, or if it's still just like get tossed in on indie lights or something. Well, yeah, I, I, I will tell you, Bob has spotted in iRacing before. Um, True. And just like anything that happens with a video game or simulation, it's a disaster. Not because of anything <laughs> he does, but it's just, it's so far removed still. Um, so yeah. I think that they're like any job, right? It's, you submit your application. They're like, cool. What experience do you have? None. They're like, cool. Come back when you get experience. Well, how the right. do I get experience if I can't get a job? So it's kind of the same. So like, and now, so your first year, so that was what, 20, like 15? Oh man, really not. Spotting would have been like 12 or 13. The four wide finish was that long ago? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're old. old. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, old, definitely. Man. Definitely. Um, okay. So back then, and, and and look, and it's happened a lot, right? Alex has had this experience. I've had this experience where like people spotting got into it kind of the same way you did, where it was like, oh, we're that we don't have a spotter, and you have enough there's enough people to cover your responsibilities on the ground during the race. Why don't we throw you up there and figure it out? But kind of to Alex's point, you know, as the sport has grown and improved and advanced, you kind of have, you, it's kind of hard to jump straight in at that level. Now all the, the road to Indy series run on ovals at some point. So in your experience now up on the stand, is that what you see where if somebody wants to get into spotting, if there's a guy or a girl that's interested in this, you're not putting your application into a lights team or an IndyCar team. You're maybe trying to find an F2000 team or an Indy Pro 2000 team and come up that way. Or do you still see people just getting pulled off the street, tire guys, truckies that were just in the right place at the right time and, and given a radio and said, let's figure this out? Both. And here's why. There are people that don't have racing experience, period, that, are, that can like stick around and learn it enough and get the jobs on the road to Indy teams. I've seen that. 
But then there's guys that have guys and girls that have racing experience that have never spotted that get thrown right into the Indy 500. Right. And is it one of those, sorry, I'm going to say, is it one of those things where people and, and that's it? Have you seen a lot of scenarios where like former drivers or current drivers still, they've heard it, they know it, but they're just like, they can't do it. You know, there's totally an adjustment, right? Um, obviously NASCAR land stock cars, they have so many more, feeder series to learn on an eighth mile oval that's a seven minute race right but those guys usually stay in stock car land it wasn't till three four years ago where you started getting a blend over where we we started getting guys that either had schedule flexibility or were interested in coming to do the 500 so they're like "Mm, i'll 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 take some time off uh some of the sprint car drivers some of the like stock car drivers like locally were awesome i can think of a couple at least two that that literally went straight from like having never spotted and went right to do the Indy 500. And within a year or two, they were, they were really, really valuable. Um, so what, um, what in your mind is a good spotter? Like what, 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 what What makes differentiates you from someone else? So much of that is chemistry with the driver. I think it's like knowing what not to say and being, well, how about this? I think a lot of it's basics, right? You know, you know what's going on and you're good at knowing what, what to say and what not to say. So, so I guess I'm, I'm only asking that because I've had a very limited experience with spotters. um, But I've been, I've been close to people who have gone through multiple spotters just in the month of May. And it's, It's very interesting to me, like what, if, if you're getting replaced, and I'm not saying you, but just people you've heard of getting replaced, mm-hmm. like what is the driver pissed off about or what are they not getting that they need? It's no one thing. You pinpoint right? it? Okay. Yeah. It's, well, I tell you, it is one thing. And one thing's trust. Like for some reason, the trust got broken, whether it was talking too much, not paying attention, just not like not having a likable enough voice for some people. Like it can be any little thing. Uh, I, this is a true story. I did it the first or second Daytona 24 hour race. I did, uh, I got there Thursday cause I got the call. It was like, Hey, this guy did like has fired everybody else. Like come, come try it. And I lasted two practice sessions before I got fired. And I was the seventh guy that weekend that he went through. But were you also like relieved that you got fired? Cause he was such oh, a dick. Well, yeah. And actually we stayed with the team and we just did the other drivers and he had his right, buddy right. go spot for him. Right. Like that's so, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And the check cashed. It was fine. <laughs> well, I mean, you bring up a good point. So, like, I don't know. I we kind of got to this point without having without discussing this. Anybody that doesn't know, you and I worked together. You were my spotter, mm-hmm. so I've yeah. I've worked with you. I loved your approach to it because, again, some of these people get put into this role and they don't really know what they're doing at first. It's kind of you know drinking from a fire hose. I love that your approach was very methodical. It was very like, hey, let's sit down in the off season. Let's watch through some old races. Let's talk about what you like hearing, what you don't like hearing, and kind of building up that trust and that relationship ahead of time. Is this is this an approach that you learned from somebody else from being up on the stand, or is this or is just kind of how your attitude? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, Bob Perona, who's your driver coach at one point, was the one that kind of, that was first kind of and, like and spotter at one point yeah and spotter that was like you know all of this should have a system and then the rest is me just not wanting to suck and be a guy that got fired in the middle of this middle of the month so like anything i could do to build a little bit of trust or just to build some chemistry with the guy in the car um man it's most it's the most underrated piece of racing though right like imagine in baseball if you could listen into the play call to the pitch calls from the pitcher and catcher imagine if like you got to listen to the quarterback's helmet is what the offensive coordinator w- was calling. Like 
to take somebody to a race and they're like, I love it. Right. Then you take them to the race and you put a radio on them and let them listen to everything that's going on. And I think it's a totally different experience. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So everyone obviously thinks about Indianapolis. Um, you know, there being two spotters. That's the biggest race. Everyone knows about it. Everyone knows spotters exist. But we also use you guys at the other tracks. Do you, wh- what do you find? Where do you rank Indy in terms of like the challenge of it? Because obviously you can't, you can't see the whole thing or you can't see the whole thing well enough to do it yourself. So even though it's the biggest race, and the fastest speeds because you're only covering a half the track. Is it easier than in Iowa or is Iowa? Cause it's so like, where, where do those stack up? The first year or two you do it really the first year you do it. Indy is the hardest thing ever. Mm. So hard. That car is five eighths of a mile when, cause you're completely blind and it comes out five eighths of a mile. And especially in certain light conditions, blues look like purples, right? Mm. Look like blacks. And it can be difficult to pick a single car three feet away. looks like, you know, they're next to each other. So uh, Indy is really hard at first. And then you re- you kind of realize the pattern that like, okay, you know, when there's actually a chance for an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas is awesome. Iowa is awesome. All the short, short track stuff is, is, is really fun. Uh, St. Louis can be is like less work. But really, there's actually a fun part that I think doesn't get discussed enough. And I can't wait to hear you guys' stories on this. Qualifying, both at Indy and every other oval. Or sorry, practice, Q-Sims. Yeah, because, I was going to say, why, why would you need them at qualifying? Yeah, yeah. yeah Q-Sims before qualifying. So the goal, and you guys talk about like what really matters in, in being able to get a good qualifying simulation. But I love when the timing stand has to like turn it over to me and be like, hey, 
try to get try to get us some clean tracks so we can get a read and you can and you nail it like you just you just work them up in front of someone or you nail you notice somebody's about to pull off and you get them up in front of that clean track and you can kind of look down and see the heads on the timing stand kind of nodding like yeah good job like no better feeling <laughs> that's awesome so talk about so to tell them a little bit about like qualifying sims and like and chopping people off and the heated exchanges that happen with that um yeah i mean it's annoying obviously so fast friday um you know you're solely focusing on q sims you're only you, you only really do six runs a day because the kind of the tires you have allowed um and so those six runs are super critical because each run you're making a trim step change to see a whether you can do the four laps b what the fall off is and c you know if it's even doable and so often you leave pit lane in a good gap and it gets ruined by someone because the the cars ever since the aero screen came on board like if you're if you're 10 seconds behind the car in front you're getting help so you can trim the rear wing you know a degree two degrees and you can get fooled by how much of a an improvement it was even with a 10 to 12 second gap to the car in front and it's only 44 second lap so if everyone wants a 20 second gap only two cars can be on track, which is obviously not possible because everyone's trying to do the same thing in the same day, which gets very frustrating. You have to be very patient. Um, and then you kind of have to start being a little bit of a because you got to, you got to, you, everyone tries. What? Alex? To, being a shut up, Tim. No. It's not my call. So everyone tries <laughs> to be, you know, good in the beginning and, and like everyone's trying to do the same thing. So people are working with each other. But as you get to two, three o'clock in the afternoon, an hour or two left, you're not quite done with what you need to get done. You just start sending it in front of people because it's your gap and it's what you got to do. So, and I and I love that you like. There's definitely a scorecard, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody screws you at two oh, o'clock. You 100%. are. You might even be looking for them at five fifteen. You know, like not you know might. what? We should go. We should go right now. Let's yeah, go yeah. right now. You yeah. know, and just pull up right in front of them on on their second lap of a four lap run. You come out of the pits and just move up, stop them into three. It's, uh, it's, do you ever, do you ever like get into, into like arguments up on the spotter stand? Like, I know it happens, but have you ever gotten verbally involved with another spotter? It happens every year and it's <laughs> It's fantastic. Like guys threatening to throw other guys off the roof and like, it, and, hey, we're all competitive. We want to be the best spotter for our guy and help him try to do it just as competitive as you guys are in the, in the car, right? Like. So yeah, tempers can flare. And the funny thing about it is like, we're not driving the car. Like we, we can tell him things and he's still going to, the guys in the car is still going to do whatever he, whatever he does. Right. And then, so, and then the spotter comes down and charges us. Like, so there's two things I've always wanted to know. And I always think about it when I'm driving and never after the fact. Yeah. Until just now. So number one, mm -hmm. when, especially in practice, you get it a lot. It's like, okay, the car in front of you is pitting. Is there some like some dude waves on the spotter stand up there so that everyone knows that they're pitting? Yeah. Like, how do you know that? Okay. So there's like a yeah, wave. So if, uh, and, and this is the thing, like primary thing for us, even like above winning is safety. Like we want to get our guy back to his family. Right. Like safety is, is, you know, if, if it means that we have, we're doing something safe and it ruins or, or, you know, negatively contributes and like, Hey, the safest thing works. And so when there's a call to pit or our guy says he's coming in, then the spotter on the stand will wave 
And you, by the if you if you know everybody up there, you kind of know who's spotting for who. And as soon as you see their arm wave, then you know if you're behind them to tell your guy. Okay. Sometimes in practice, like you stay out a little bit, and that can get kind of funky. But yeah. especially in the race, like it's not you're not trying to game anything by not telling anybody that you're pitting. Right. Like you you want them to know that you're pitting so that you're safe. So then, okay. The next one is so when I'm pissed at you know a lap car driven by someone that drives for AJ Foyt. Well, not really at Indy, but whatever. And they are, you're like asking for help. And the spotter's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm talking to him. Do you have like a channel? Or are you literally running down there and like grabbing him on the shoulder and being like, hey, move? Like It's literally, you're running, no, there's no channel. You were running down there and you're gra- like tapping on the shoulder, grabbing him, spinning him around and like, really? yeah, oh yeah. Is oh, there yeah. any bartering? Like if you tell him to move, I'll give you two bottles of bourbon that we should think about that maybe I'll we should that send you up there we should send you up there with at least a bottle of bourbon in your backpack well, no, like it's for like it's 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 way. Yeah. i'm just gonna uh, throw out exactly how that could go wrong outside hey not for our guy it's for it's whoever nice he gives the bottle to you know? just envelopes <laughs> that get slid into shirt pockets yeah. and a little tap cool. uh, so that's a good so, question that's i've seen it yeah I, dude i i would Here's what's so funny though. It's like, I love how it's like, it's such a team game, right? I mean, the spotter is not the one driving, as you said, it's not the one being cut off by the other driver, but you're get mad and you're going to go get mad at the other guy who's also not doing it, but you're just gonna, like the right. two people who are not actually doing the damage are end up fighting. Cause they're just standing up for their guys. I think it's so funny. It um, it's good. Bobby. Deal. Keeping in mind that almost nobody listens to this podcast, 100%. do you have any? Do you have any drivers you can that you've worked with that you just you want to just burn on air? Right no, now? don't do that. But like, <laughs> are there any drivers that like when your dudes around him, and you don't have to say names, but like you no, try and pay a little bit more attention? What do you mean? Like, well, like if 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 uh, so, Felix last year, if mm-hmm. he was around driver X, is there a, is there a driver X out there where you're like Hawkeyes versus if he's with, you know, I don't know, willpower, you're like, okay, like I'm going to be less concerned. Uh, yeah, obviously. So we, we definitely have before every race, we identify who's been struggling and it could be a rookie it could be somebody that crashed in practice and went to a backup car and we know that they're still getting it tuned back up right like but uh you do, yeah you 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 earmark anybody that could be an issue and sometimes it's like james james and i had experience where we we had really good practice really good qualifying and the steering wheel didn't work when we when we started the race so we literally started the race lap down and you're just two hours of staying out of the way which is awful mm-hmm. um but he, I'll, I'll, so the one, it, okay, there's old school guys and the new school guys. New school guys typically are like, you can talk to me anywhere around the racetrack, right? The old school guys, a lot of them are like, it, I had one specifically, and it was like the second or third guy I've ever worked for in the Indy 500. Like, hands me a ring, like, hey, what can I do? I'll, like, how, what do you like? You want me to use lengths? You want me to use clear about what? And he just looked at me, he's like, don't, don't talk into the microphone unless you have to. <laughs> I didn't know oh. you worked with TK. Oh, TK is great. T- TK actually works with the spotters at McLaren and like tunes them up or like, hey, think about this for the guy and that, that sort of thing. So TK was always yeah. famous for like not wanting, he wanted as little talking as possible. Yes. So <clears throat> my last question for you, Bob, is, is this, and you have to answer it. The other oh. one we gave you the option. You have to answer this one. 
Has Tim lost all his money? No. So you're sitting up there with time to kill, especially during the month of May. And you yeah. got binoculars. Yeah. Do you ever uh, <laughs> do you ever peruse the grandstands for nice things to look at? Uh, you got to keep a survey of right. what's happening. You make sure. sure like fans are happy. So the turn three spotter mm. stand can see the golf course, can see two okay. holes of the golf course. It's not what and I asked. If your guy's not out, but it is, like you can heckle the golfers behind you with a like. It's not, it's not what I asked. So, like, how how much of your time is spent with the binoculars looking around at at the 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 fan attendants, especially on no, hot days? Not as much as you think, <laughs> but it's I, it's the best view in the house. Let's right. say that. Right, right. There's a great story of like when radios kind of first came to the speedway and Foyt was going around. And his him and his spotter were literally just having conversations about women they're seeing in the in the grandstands. Women, not James, talking about. I was talking about food, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty yeah, clear. Food. And make sure it's. I was right there with you, Alex. James, you're married to James. I I'm not AJ Foyt. We yes. we spotted a pizza delivery to the turn three spotter stand one time. That I was, was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that yeah. up. You you've definitely done some some wild things up there. Okay. Um, well, thank you, Bob. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a team player. Thanks for not being mad at uh, Tim and James that you were not their first choice. I, I get it. No, yeah, no hang on. Me. No, it's the fans' choice, but they haven't heard from Bobby yet. For I know sure one does. real quick final question. Yeah. As someone that's Indiana based and you've done however many any 500s now, how many have you done? I don't know. Tw- uh, 10, 12? I yeah. 10? Like Favorite. Indy 500 tradition. Oh, man. As a Hoosier uh, who's in the sport, mm, has a vested in, like you're question. in it. You are on the team. But what is your favorite 500 tradition? Probably me going up to him every year asking what he's doing there. <laughs> Harassment from Alex. Yeah. Well, there's actually only been one driver that wouldn't work with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Let's call him out. They, uh, Fly, fly, or back home again in Indiana. It's it's like okay. awesome. Back home again in Indiana because you're a Hoosier and like that's now, yeah, that that's it for sure. And uh, all right, so here's one for you before we go. So like we we did the math sort of, and there was like because of 2020, all these people that didn't ha- get to go. There's some spotters that are like way older, been doing it longer than I. That have huge like you know 20, 30 years of doing it in a row, and now they since they were one of like. 150 people to see a rate the race from the stands they're the only ones that can keep the new tradition going of like having seen x amount of indy 500s mm. in a row that's true that's a great point it's a great right. point yeah because there are some people that were like 70 years in a row or whatever and now like yeah, yeah. there's only 100 and some people that can potentially say i saw all these indy 500s keep that in a row. streak going yeah. yeah great point all right buddy well thanks so much for coming uh to everybody listening next time you're at the speedway take a glance up to turn one Turn three. Give him a little wave. He's a little oh, short guy up there. No, no, not just, not just, just a little guy. Just the, whole, guy. the whole crew. Like a, the whole crew. Pie of traffic cone standing up there. There are <laughs> 66 spotters in the month of May uh, before any firings and new hirings start. So at any time when cars are on track, just uh, give a little appreciation to the people up there, keeping the drivers as safe as they can. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.
We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.